Uh, I want to share just some brief thoughts just this evening. Um, there's an overlap in a sense with where Norman shared this morning um, because it was at the prayer meeting on Wednesday night and I just felt the Lord just dropping something into my spirit and uh, the next day I began to look at it and prepare and um, in a sense I wish there was far more here. I really do. Because almost what I want to share tonight is almost for the wider church. But yet I felt I had to bring it tonight. So I battled with it. But I believe God dropped it in my spirit to bring for this evening. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I want to read alongside the verses that have already been read. just want to read a couple of verses from 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And I'll read verses... Uh, I'll read from 6 to 11. 1 Peter 5, 6 to 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 8 again. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. And then turning to the portion that's already been read. Just read verses 10 to 12 again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. If we haven't already noticed or learned, especially over the last uh, year or so, um, there is a spiritual battle taking place. And the battle is taking place all around us. And both of these portions of scripture identify the battle that is going on. In the first Peter portion of scripture, if you'd like to put it this way, it talks about an individual battle with the devil. And when we come to Ephesians chapter 6, I suggest that that is talking about a collective battle battle 
We've just celebrated the Easter story, which reminds us that Christ did all that was needed to overcome the powers of darkness and to be able to grant to those who believe on him eternal life. And the victory that Jesus won was a decisive and it is a permanent victory. But as we have come to faith, there is a battle that still takes place as the one who Jesus defeated at Calvary is still doing his utmost best, first of all, to prevent men and women from coming to faith, and secondly, to distract and to entrap those who have come to faith. And the battle is raging. And we could have said that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But I feel that in the day and age in which we're living in, the battle is more intense and it's raging today more than it has done perhaps for an exceedingly long time. And we see it being fought in the world around us as anything and everything that is to do with God and to do with the Lord Jesus Christ and is to do with our Christian faith is constantly being attacked and being bombarded. As we see individuals, we see groups, we see governments attacking godliness and right living. It is the powers of darkness doing their utmost best. It's as if the devil is saying to himself, well, I couldn't destroy Jesus. He knows he's failed in that battle. But I'll do whatever I can to destroy the very foundation that God set in motion for right living. And I will do whatever I can to destroy the faith of those who follow Jesus. And I will do whatever I can to destroy those who follow Jesus. And the devil knows that his time is running out. And therefore, he is mustering all that he can to battle against righteousness and to battle against truth and to battle, as we heard this morning, against the word of God. He's doing all the damage that he can to the very fabric of society and to what is the very necessary nucleus of family life. The institution of marriage, husband, wife and children. If he can destroy marriages, he, know, he, he knows he will destroy families. And as he destroys families, he knows that he's damaging individual lives. And if he can damage individual lives, he can have a field day with the structure of society itself. And as we see around us, because of what the enemy is doing, society is becoming more broken down almost day by day. There is a battle raging. First Peter says that the enemy is prowling around like a lion. He's seeking someone to devour. And that to me, as I've said at the beginning, speaks of the individual battle. And we need to always individually ourselves be on the lookout for the scheming and the planning of the devil 
as he seeks every way possible to come up against us as individuals. And Peter says, we must resist him and we need to stand firm in our faith. But secondly, from Ephesians 6, <coughs> we see that not only does the enemy come against us individually, but he also comes collectively at the church, which is the body of Christ. And in these verses, Paul talks to the individual, but we need to remember that he's actually writing this letter to a church. So as he's writing to the individual, he's actually writing to the church collectively, the body of Christ. And he says there in verse 11, put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That is, collectively, as the body of Christ, here at Emmanuel Pentecostal Church, collectively, together, every single individual that makes up this congregation, that makes up the family of God, that meets in this place, we must, it's essential, put on the whole armour of God. Because the battle is a real battle. It is a dangerous battle. It is a battle that we cannot fight alone, nor in our own strength. And we need to stand together in our armour together. For as the scripture says there in Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is a dark battle. It is a demonic battle. And standing alone, standing in isolation, and standing in our own strength, we would be overcome. That's why coming together is so important. Being with God's people. And I'm going to be touching on it a little bit of the importance of that this week in the devotions. Are you ready for a picture, Cameron? Number one. Oh, sorry. As you're aware, last week I was in Hungary. And uh, has anybody ever been here? This is Visegrad Castle. Um, I've been to Visegrad many times and I've never been to the castle until last week and so the family that I was with we decided to go for a run and this is um, the next slide just above the Danube but uh, that's the view from the castle but it's a long way up from by the river where the road is it's a long windy road all the way up and uh, but when you get up there it's a beautiful view next one as we went into the castle, um, if you could enlarge the top bit, please. They had some um, displays on, and there was a display of a soldier in its armour. And the armour was essential. Hungary is a nation that's always been attacked. 
Hungary is a nation that has lost, I think it's something like a third of its boundary over this last 60 to 70 years. It's very small to what it used to be because it's always been under attack. And as I saw that castle, went to the castle, saw the armory, it reminded me of the armor of God. I can put the lights on, yeah. And um, Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 that God has given to us an armor to wear. And those soldiers that would have been in Visegrad Castle, knowing that they were going to have to fight, they knew that the best protection was to put the armor on. It is a silly soldier that decided, oh, I'm not going to bother. Next thing he's going to know is going to be an arrow going through his heart. So the armor was so essential. So God has given to us, as we talk of this battle that is raging around us, he's given us an armour to wear. But I want to firstly suggest, he has given to us each other. He's given to us each other. I dare to say, you need me. But I also say that I need you. We need each other. And the soldiers then in Visegrad Castle, on their own, they would have achieved very little. The castle would have been overrun in no time at all. They needed each other to fight the battle that would have been raging. And we need each other in the armour. But God has given us this place where we can come together. And can I suggest that this is not only the house of the Lord, it's not only a place of worship, it's not just a meeting place, or to use an old-fashioned word which needs to be perhaps revived a bit more today, it's not just a sanctuary where we come in to the presence of God. I believe that this place is our castle. And this is the picture that God gave me on Wednesday evening. This is our Castle. It is the place where we meet together as God's battalion. We're God's soldiers in this army that is fighting against principalities and powers. It is the place where we can come, and should I say it's the place where we must come, to put on the whole armour of God, to be able to stand against all that we need to stand against in this day and age. And as it says in verse 13, that we may be able to withstand, that is to combat against all that is around us in this evil day. And it is only as we withstand with the whole armour on that we will be able to stand firm. The armour is described for us here. It's six items. And I'm not going to go through what each one is. It's another study for another time. But it's the shield of faith. There's the helmet of salvation. There's the breastplate of righteousness. There's the belt of truth. There's the sword of the spirit. And there's the footwear, which is the gospel of peace. And we know that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Notice there's only one weapon mentioned in the armour. And it's the sword of the spirit. The word of God. 
If you looked at that picture again going down a little bit, Cameron, I know it's a bit... You can't quite see too much on there, but they had on display lots of the weaponry that they used to use. And I tell you, when I saw the weaponry that they used to use, in those days, there was no way I would want to stand without the armour up. It's cruel. Absolutely cruel. The hatchets, the long spears, the arrows, the things that they put hot flames in. Horrible. You'd want your armour on. We've got one weapon. It's the sword of the spirit. But let you tell you, the enemy's got lots of weapons that he's trying to use against us. But the word of God is the only weapon we need to defeat him. But then, after Paul talks about putting on the armour of God, he highlights something else that is of equal importance to our having put on the whole armour. Yes, put on the whole armour. But then he says something very important. Verse 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints I'm going to suggest that that few sentences is as important as the whole phrases before about the armour of God Paul says, put the armour on. But when you've done that, pray. Praying. Keep alert. Watchfulness. And the soldiers with their armours on, when they were on duty, they had to be on the lookout. They had to be watching out. I remember Norman speaking something a while back. And the phrase that he used was, guard the gate. Pray, watch. And I return to a statement I made earlier. The house of the Lord is also our castle. I'm going to say it again. The house of the Lord is also our castle. We come into this place, yes, to worship the Lord, yes. To hear the word being preached. Yes, to be in fellowship together. Yes, we could mention so many other things. But I believe that we also come to the house of the Lord, which is our castle, so that we can be equipped for the battle. We need to be equipped for the battle. We come here to put on the armour. That is to be strengthened together, to be encouraged together, to sharpen the sword. That is to be fed with the word of God. And we come here together. To pray. To pray. There is something that happens. Something happens. When God's people. Pray together. Norman mentioned this morning. Our personal prayer. Our private prayer. Yes. God does something in our personal prayer. But I believe there's something special, something important about God's people coming together and praying together. 
And in the scripture that we read from Peter, the previous verses, that I started reading from there, says, to humble yourselves, therefore. And on Wednesday evening, and again this morning, Norman's phrase, text was from 2 Chronicles 7, 14. When my people humble themselves and pray. It's when we come together in humility and we seek the face of God that we will begin to see the battle being won and the enemy pushed back because we come together to stand in the armour of God and to pray. So prayer, praying is as essential as it is to be wearing the armour. So yes, we can pray privately. But listen, a soldier always prepares for battle with the rest of the battalion. He doesn't put his armour on at home. He gets to the church and puts it on, to the castle and puts it on, with the rest of the soldiers ready to fight. And we must pray together. I've mentioned it so many times since I've been here because this is what God laid on my heart at the very beginning that we must pray together. And the saddest thing is that when we have our prayer meeting on a Wednesday evening that there are so few soldiers in the castle preparing for battle. There's a battle raging. We need to be strengthened. Our battalion needs to be strengthened in numbers. There needs to be a greater desire amongst us to come into the castle to pray together. To show that we really do mean business. To show that we really are determined and ready to stand against the schemes of the devil. And the castle is open for prayer. We cannot truly move forward until the battalion, the army of God that meets in this place, is spiritually ready to face the foe. The battle is raging. I think that the battle's got fiercer in the last two to three years. If you go back three years before the pandemic, three years when we arrived here even, I thought things were bad enough then. But as society has moved forward, as I mentioned, cancel culture, the rise again of transgender, whatever it all supposed to mean. We know it's nonsense because it's against what the word of God says. But this small minority, they're having such a voice The battle is raging. And the enemy is having a field day. And sadly one of the reasons is. Because the church is asleep. The believers are failing to put the armour on. And to pray together. To battle against the powers of darkness. And I believe that. If we want to see this place grow. We thank God for those that are coming in. But if we really want to see this place grow. Not with just believers coming in. But with souls being saved. 
and coming in that way. We need to be more serious with God about our prayer on a Wednesday. The battle is raging. We need to put the armour on and we need to pray together to be strengthened together. And then God will show us what we need to be doing. The next strategy in the battle. Amen.